study sheet. We're glad you're here. Thank you, Jesus. All right. If you are here new this morning and you have not been given a binder for the lesson, if you'll kind of slip your hand up, we will get you one right now, okay? Raise your hand. Okay. Everybody's going to get the, the study sheet, but I'm talking about the binder to put the study sheet in. So the way you're going to hold yours up, and that's what that looks like. If you don't have one, we will get you one. Okay. Got one there. That's good. All right. Two? Yes, sir. Take care of you right now. All right. We're glad you're here this morning. It's good to be in God's house, and uh, we want to have a good Holy Ghost service. Uh, we've got two binders over here. Please, thank you. One there. All right. We'll get you. Yep, okay. Who wants to go grab it? Sorry, we got it. up along with us here. You notice that uh, <clears throat> Jesus taught them Matthew 9 and 9. 5, did I say, I say it wrong? Is it 9 and 5? I am so sorry. It's, it's called Five and nine, isn't it? Five and nine. It was nine. Five and nine. My problem is my secretary can't read my handwriting. And I scratch these things out. And first news you know, uh, kind of like the doctor. That's how people get wrong prescriptions, you know. All right. So just, if you can, and I'll do it on mine, just make that Matthew five and nine. I'm sorry. Matthew five and nine. Okay. Once again, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Matthew 5 and 9. Hey, I knew it was in the Bible. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a little late last night. I guess I wasn't seeing too straight. Okay. The peacemakers. <clears throat> you want to notice, first of all, they shall be called the children of God. This is a wonderful thing to be called, isn't it? To be a child of God. It does not change how you become a child of God from the scriptures, but it does indicate to you that this fruit, this characteristic would be in somebody and it would be recognizable that God's children, God's children, those that are born again of water and the Spirit, those that are baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, those that are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, these children, one of the characteristics or the fruit, the earmarks, is going to be, number one, peace. But along with that, this word, peacemaker. They're going to make for peace, okay? This happens, first and foremost, because Colossians 1 and 20, if you'll look on your study sheet, the Bible said, now, let's remember something. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four accounts of the one gospel. And they give to you the announcement of his birth, a record of his birth, 
his public ministry, I'm hitting the highlights, and his death, his burial, and his resurrection, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, along with many other things that they give to you. Those things, though, were done under the law. And when he, Jesus, made it clear he didn't come to destroy the law, but he did come to fulfill it. And so he did. And all the scriptures that foretold of him, then they were fulfilled. And then the scripture, of course, teaches us that he was crucified, he was buried, and then he rose again from the dead. And it's showing himself alive with many infallible proofs for 40 days and nights. Then he began to, he brought them out to a certain area, a city, a, a place that overlooked Jerusalem. And there he began to give them last-minute instructions. And you can find that again in Matthew and Mark and Luke and in John. Those are uh, times, that, uh, same time that he was saying these things. It was a, uh, chronologically right there, and it helps you to understand what was taking place just before he ascended up into heaven, which again ties in with Acts chapter 1, Acts being where the church was started, the church that Jesus started. That's the only congregation started by Jesus Christ that we want to be a part of, the overall body of Christ. And of course, the body of Christ then was sent forth and instructions that were given in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as well then as the book of Acts, when he give birth, gave birth to his church, then they begin to fulfill the things that he said to them. He fulfilled all the things in the Old Testament, and then they begin to fulfill what he gave to them, the church, the body of Christ, as far as commission was. There's things you've got to go do. And so they set about to do it. After the church was given birth to by Jesus in Jerusalem. Then the church went forth with a little push from the Spirit of the Lord. They not only evangelized and filled Jerusalem with the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the testimony of Jesus Christ, but then they went on to many, many other places, even to Belgrade. Here we are. The church continues today. From Belgrade, by God's grace, <coughs> we have started a work over in West Palm area. <clears throat> and then, from there, God has blessed us to start a work in Fort Myers and also in uh, Lake Placid. And in times past, under my pastor, also a work in Arcadia. So all of these are just like they did. They went <clears throat> following that pattern. They set a pattern. And they begin to go into different areas and they begin to reach people. It didn't matter who the people were, and they learned that lesson early because the people that were in Jerusalem didn't want anything to do with the people that were in Samaria. But God said, well, you may not want to have anything to do with them, but I do. And so God sent Philip, one of the seven, and sent one of the guys that made sandwiches and poured Kool-Aid and helped take care of the, the needs of the widows in Jerusalem, and God dealt with him, and the church recognized it, and he went down to a place called Samaria, and he began to preach Christ. He began to bring the same message that Jesus gave to them and that they began to give in Jerusalem, and then now it's going out of Jerusalem and reaching to other places. And so that's how it worked. You notice that Colossians 1 and 20 now, that what I want to say to you is that when you hit the book of Acts, it's a history of the church, the beginning history of the church that Jesus started. And then when you get
get your next book, it's Romans. And from Romans to Revelation, those are letters or messages that were preached to the church, okay? And so you're, you want to understand that those letters, <coughs> whether it's Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> whether it's Colossians or whatever, that's between Romans and Revelation, you are reading then about the church explaining to the body of Christ, to the new people. The leadership is explaining to them what has taken place here, giving them a more in-depth understanding of being what's happened now that you have been baptized in Jesus' name and you have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Salvation is not experienced in Romans through Revelation. It is further explained and further teachings on how to stay saved. Okay, the salvation took place in the book of Acts. That's where the Holy Ghost was poured out for the first time for whosoever will. And from there, the church went on, bringing salvation to many, many other people. And that's what an example of Philip going down to Samaria. That's what the book of Acts is giving to you. No amen at the end of the book of Acts. It continues on. Jesus taught them to go to places, go to people's homes, and bring your peace there. And if it's received then your peace is going to reside there. If it's not, then you get on out and you move on to somebody. You're looking for people who want what you have. They have to have a desire here. Something's got to get through to their heart. And of course it's written that the Spirit is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. <clears throat> he wants everybody, everybody to be saved. And everybody said, praise the Lord. <clears throat> There's no country. There's no continent, there's no little remote island that you could name that God is not interested in the people there. He wants everybody to be saved, okay? So he has sent his church, and that's why he made it clear in Matthew 24, 14, that when this gospel, not just any gospel, not just somebody, as it was written in Galatians, he was marveled that they were so removed unto another gospel, which he said is not another. There is no other but what people would call their gospel, what people would have their line and their religion and their uh, denominational slant and belief and persuasion, as Paul uh, later said in teaching to the church, he said that persuasion that's affecting you negatively, he said that's not of God, it's not of the Spirit, it's not from the church, it's coming from the outside, and it's come in to trip you up and trick you and make you to be fools and foolish. So we want to stay with this gospel, and when this gospel, Matthew 24 said has been preached as a witness to all nations then shall the end come so saying all that to say this you come to Colossians 1 and 20 and listen to what I've made a small uh, reference to it here and of course I'm not going to give you typed out whole entire verses or we would have many many pages on our study sheet okay so we try to get the pertinent subject matter that we're dealing with. But Colossians 1 and 20, here he is teaching to this new, newly established work at Colossus. Okay? And he's, he's giving them a message, just like I'm trying to give you a message this morning, only he wrote this and he sent it to the pastor, to the elder, to the person that he set over that, that new work at Colossians. And there he gave them, he delivered them this message and they begin to read it and then eventually teach it to the church, and it became a part of the scriptures, and here we have it this morning. Colossians 1 and 20, and having made peace 
Now this is what Jesus made possible by giving his life on the cross and shedding the blood, okay? And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. That which has been separated from him by sin, that's what sin does. It separates us from the Spirit, okay? It separates us from Jesus. But he's made a way to bring us back. That's why in other places in subject matter, it's called the word of reconciliation. It brings things back and it reconciles. It gets, gets rid of the problem and the dispute or the sin, okay? And it reconciles, brings it together and makes peace. And that's what it said. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. That is the complete verse. So, you want to notice the word made peace. This is what the whole part of the overall purpose is. It's, a, it's like if you made a pie or made a cake, there are ingredients to it. And I one time knew of a dear sister in the Lord uh, at that time, and she um, unfortunately made a pie and forgot to put in the flour or something or the sugar or something and missed that ingredient, and boy, was that cake a flop or that pie a flop. So, you know, there it, that happened in the Old Testament as an example to us that they came to the prophet because they had a cauldron and they were making their stew for dinner, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately it was killing the people that were eating it. And so they ran to the prophet, and they told him, oh, prophet, there's death in the pot here. Well, I could preach that literally. There's death in the pot. There's death in the ganja. We don't want anything to do with that stuff, right? Everybody said, praise the Lord. There's death in drugs. We don't want anything to do with that. Okay, so literally. But in this case, it was a, a big old pot that you stirred with the thing, and there was, there was a, unfortunately something in there that was drug-like. It was wild. And they had placed that in there and made it part of the ingredients, and it was killing them. And so when bringing it to the prophet, then the prophet got the ingredient that was missing that needed to be in there, and he put it in there, and everything was cool from then on, okay? So that's our lives. If we're missing Jesus here, if we're missing his peace, and we're missing any of the fruit of the Spirit, but particularly this morning's lesson, the peace, then we're going to have a serious problem because sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. So we don't want that sin stuff in our lives. And that's why Jesus, having made peace through the blood, because the blood is what washes us clean, gets rid of all of our sins. But it is a process. It is more than one ingredient, meaning that there is a plan here, uh, just like there's a plan to bake the cake or there's a plan to make the pie or the meal. Whatever it is you're making here, you're, there's certain things that go into it to make the over, get you the overall lasting good effect. And so it is here that there is a death, there is a burial, and there is a resurrection. There is repentance, there is water baptism in Jesus' name, and there is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said amen, amen. and everybody said praise the Lord. So it's telling you here, though, that he having, having means it's happened. Having, he did it. He was, all, when this was written, He'd already been crucified, he'd already been buried, he'd already been risen again from the dead, and he'd already poured out his spirit for the first time for whosoever will, in the, as recorded in the second chapter of the book of Acts. 
That was the beginning of the church, which is the body of Christ. It is not the brick and the mortar and the roof. That's the church house. Okay? The church is people, people that obey the message and come out of darkness and they come into mar his marvelous light. And having done so, then he's explaining to them this in a deeper sense. This is what has happened to you. I had a, uh, a woman uh, with her children here at the church many years ago, all grown and married and gone and whatever. But they, uh, I remember that she, she uh, had a, a, a degree in mathematics and she taught math at the school for many years uh, at the public school system here. And she uh, told me, though, that she went back to college to get her master's degree. And she began to explain to me one day uh, about a certain mathematical function that gets done quite often uh, in really kind of basic math. But she said, I learned something in this class that I'd never learned before all the years I've been teaching. She said, I never knew why. And she said, and, and in this class, this very, really basic function, she said, I learned why that was that way. Well, think of that as Romans through Revelation. There are many things that you are taught the why. Okay, You can have, just like she had her basic math degree, you can have that basic education. You can have this basic experience. You can be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost. But that's the threshold. That's coming in the door. That's John 3, 5. That's Jesus, I'm the door and you've got to come through me. Okay, But that's getting in. Now that you're in, he's going to lead you from one grazing place to another grazing place, or one pasture, not pastor, but pasture to another pasture. And, and the going in and out is not going in and out of the door, meaning Jesus. You don't go in and out of the church. We're not playing hokey pokey here, okay? But you are going to go from pasture to pasture. You're going to graze in one pasture and you will become learned and qualified in that and then the Lord will lead things to the next learning experience or the next pasture okay and so this is what um, Romans to Revelation there are many many things to learn it's a part of first you get saved that's John 3 5 and Acts 2 38 and then you must stay saved and that's where Romans to Revelation comes in you don't want to just get an experience and then just blow away and fade away and be gone because you don't get any root or any depth in you and thereby not produce any fruit. You want to have. It's important. It's, let me tell you something. It's not enough to get saved. You've got to stay saved. It's not enough to start the race. You've got to finish the race. Okay? And that's what we're saying here. So he's teaching them then about what they've got here in Colossians. Always remember, Romans to Revelation, you're going to be getting teaching. If you got baptized in Jesus' name, you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, then you're going to receive teaching between, by these messages and the messages that the Holy Ghost inspires from these messages, Romans to Revelation. And these are what are going to help you to stay safe, going to root and ground and settle. You can imagine in, uh, somebody teaching math for 20 years and then find out, oh, I learned something new, and it's actually a very basic thing, but I learned the why of it. Well, it's important that you know why you're going to be believing what you're believing, okay, that you can explain it properly. It did say that we're supposed to be able to give an answer of the hope that lieth within us to anybody who asks us, 
So we want to be able to properly explain. It's like I tell you about the guy that had the sign on the wall and said apostolic, and I asked him what that meant. He didn't have a clue. You know, he had no idea. Somebody's just fronting. Somebody just got a little thing going on, and the world is filled with that kind of stuff. Okay? You have come to the real thing. Okay? You have come to the church. You have come to the body of Christ. You've come to the, the general assembly, assembly and the church of the firstborn. You want to remember that God has established this. His spirit established this. And now he's got it going. It's up. It's running. They're reaching people, and they begin to reach people at this particular uh, area. And he's writing a message to them now. And he's trying to get them rooted and grounded and settled in the experience that they have. You're saved. Let's stay saved. You're saved from sin, in other words. That's what Jesus came for, to, to save his people from their sins. Save me from drugs. Save me from a quarreling. Save me from jealousy. Save me from drunkenness. Save me from the, deliver me from these things. Pull me out of them and pull them out of me. Okay? All right. So, save me from, from uh, the things that destroy. Save me from these things. Whatever your particular battle may be. Okay? Some people battle with alcohol demons, and, and some people battle with jealousy and pride and envy. Okay? All right. So save us, God, and then keep us saved, and then help us to save others. All right. So he's, he's explained to them, having made, something's been done here, having made peace because he died on the cross, he made this happen, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile, all things to himself. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants you to come. He wants you to come and go in through the door. He is the door. Okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. Now, Revelation 6 and 4, I would like to give you the contrast here. Revelation 6 and 4. Okay? I will read you the entire verse. But, again, here on the study sheet I've given you, it's just pertinent information, subject matter. But here in Revelation 6 and verse 4, and there went out another horse. Now this is a vision. I want you to understand that. This is a vision. God is trying to show the Apostle John uh, something that is going to be taking place in the future, in God's mind, the near future. For us, it's how long, O Lord, how long? But, and he's saying here, showing him something in a dream or a vision, if you please, and God shows things in a manner that tries to help us to relate, okay? Helping us to relate to what God is really saying, all right? So we have to get in the spirit. We have to think spiritually, and I've told you before, a simple example is just like when Nicodemus came, and Jesus said, you have to be born again. And he's like, how do I do that? And he started thinking naturally. Jesus is speaking one thing. He's speaking spiritually. But the guy that's hearing him, Nicodemus, he's thinking naturally. So this is not working. We're not getting. So you have to understand this is a spiritual book. The Spirit of the Lord gave all of these words. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of the Spirit. Okay? Okay. So he says here, and there went out another horse. That was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace, to take peace from the earth. Now that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He does not want you, and let me qualify it for you, the peace of God 
Not just generic peace, but the peace of God. All right? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. So we're talking about his peace. And the enemy wants to take, the, you know, the church being in the earth. Uh, that's why there's this light. That's why there's this God light. That's why there's this salt. Salt restrains corruption. Again, Jesus speaking spiritually, trying to get you to understand why the church is called the salt of the earth. Why it's the, the city that's set upon the hill. Why it's the light. And it's not a little bitty light, it's a great big light. Okay? Why all these things? Trying to show you the good positive effect that the church has. When the church is taken out of the earth, then literally all hell will overrun everything. There will be no restraint. There will be nothing to restrain the corruption. That's why Revelation, John was shown that people would not repent. They would be so hard in their heart that they would, the ability to repent would be gone. It would be seared out of their mind. Their conscience would be seared with a hot iron, and they would not be able to repent of all the bad things that they continue to do. While the church is here, though, people have an opportunity. People have an opportunity to have the truth of the Scriptures. They have an opportunity because God invested the truth in the church. Okay? And God is saying, I'm putting my light in you, and you're the salt. And all of these things, all of these characteristics, and all of these abilities are in the body of Christ. But you're going to find that God's Spirit is looking at this great big planet and all the peoples of it, and there is going to come a time where God is going to take his church out of here. In the first resurrection, some people call it the rapture, nothing wrong with that word, because it's based on Bible words and teachings, okay? But it's just a coined term. But the most biblical way is the first resurrection. And blessed and holy is he to have part in that first resurrection, okay? Because the Bible said the second death will have no power on them. They will have victory. John said, I saw them. They had victory over the beast and over his mark and over his number and over his name. Victory over all of that. They are the first resurrection. So there, uh, many scriptures will teach you that the church that is living and operating at the time of certain events leading right up to the first resurrection, that that church, that body of Christ, <clears throat> it will face the Antichrist. Now, there are many people that will tell you that is not true. <clears throat> they have no chapter and verse for that. In subject matter, they have a whole lot of emotion. They have a lot of tradition. They have a lot of hand-me-downs. The first thing you want to remember here is that how the Bible teaches that a person becomes a saint. You can be called to be a saint, but how do you become a saint? How do you fulfill that calling? Well, the Bible teaches the only way to become a saint is to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. New Testament terminology, of course. But that's how it is. We live in this time of grace. We live in what's known as the church time, okay? And during this time when Jesus had given his life on the cross and until he takes the church out of here by way of the first resurrection, then you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. You must be baptized in Jesus' name, and you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is a requirement by God, okay? And, and he made the way for that to take place in everybody's life. Now, 
that's what makes you a saint right there, okay? That's your Bible teaching. That's how you become a saint. That is the birth method. That births you into the body of Christ, and you are called to be then a saint. You want to fulfill your calling now, Romans to Revelation, of course. Saved, stay saved. All right. So what I want you to listen to very closely is, number one, you notice that we've got a situation here that there's going to be power given to the enemy to take peace from the earth. Certain things are going to be allowed. Revelation, and if you find that difficult to believe, well, you might want to remember that the Spirit allowed the flesh to die on the cross. That didn't seem like a very good thing, did it? But Jesus said, if it don't happen, well, then you're not going to get to go to heaven. You're not going to be here. This is the plan. I am the Lamb, and I nobody has any power to take my life from me. He said, I have power to lay it down, and I got power to raise it up again. So you want to see the big overall picture. So if something is allowed, is tolerated, then you want to remember that it's part of the bigger picture and that you can read the end of the book, okay? And the end of the book tells you that we're going to have victory. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. And everybody scrunch up. Let our young men come get seated. All right. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. I want to mention to you, now we're following here peace, and we're following that now we've got a scripture telling us that peace is going to be taken. Okay? Not only will it, will it in, involve wars, and there's always been wars on planet Earth here, but uh, you've you got to see it spiritually here, okay? Revelation 12 and 7. I have heard a lot of nonsense in my day, and my days are getting close to 40 years in the church, and I've heard people say that, uh, well, the book of Revelation, it's all written in chronological order except for chapter 12. That's pure nonsense, and that's not true, okay? I can show you in the Bible where one comma will give you a thousand years difference, what it says before the comma and what it says after the comma. A thousand years difference, okay? Not written in chronological order. It is to be studied in subject matter. Subject matter, rightly dividing the word of truth. So here we have Revelation chapter 12. Once again, John is, is being communicated to or talked to by the Spirit, Okay, in ways that are not just the normal way. And his walk with God brought that to him. And the Bible said in verse 17, and the dragon, now the Bible makes it very clear that the dragon is the devil. Okay, if you study the subject matter, you will find that. He's also the serpent. Okay, and the dragon, he's called by many names. Hey, let's see, he's called the serpent, he's called the dragon, and he's called the devil. That's three, isn't it? Do we have a trinity? Or is there one devil? There's just one, isn't there? Yeah, there's just one. There's just one that's got a whole bunch of titles, doesn't it? Well, you might want to remember that about God. Because God is one, and he's got a whole bunch of titles. But he's just one. All right. I got a bunch of titles, but it's just one of me. Get your thing out and clean your glasses if you're seeing more right now. And your contacts. Don't forget the contacts. Okay, and the dragon was wroth with the woman. He's mad at the woman. Now the woman is the church. Type is the church, okay? And the dragon was mad or wroth with the woman or the church 
and went to make war with the remnant of her, of her seed, which keep the seed this is, which keeps the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is Revelation 12 and 17. Please notice that the devil went to make war. Just the complete opposite of peace. You know, you learn in English, if you pay attention, you learn heard me girls right you learn if you pay attention you'll learn <coughs> that peace and war are antonyms they're opposites okay if I ask you for the antonym of peace you should tell me war well when you start looking at it that way then you realize that's exactly right because when God says one thing the devil always goes opposite okay so God wants to bring peace and here we've got this spirit of the enemy and he wants war he wants war sometimes you might want to stop and ask yourself what is in my heart here what do I want do I do am I if I'm claiming baptism in Jesus name and the Holy Ghost and then I'm claiming I not only have that experience but I'm walking in the spirit then I should not want war I should not want to fuss blessed are the peacemakers I should want to settle the I should want the dust to settle. I should want peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. You can call yourself something, but God said it's the peacemakers that are going to be called the children of God. Not going to be the agitators. Not going to be the human washing machines. Just agitating. You know, not going to be that. Boy, it got quiet all of a sudden. You notice who went to make war with the church. It was that old devil. He caused there to become war in heaven. Now, you have to admit, that seemed like that would be the last place that you'd think that war would break out. But it broke out right now. Now, if war can break out in heaven, it can sure break out among us. Hmm? But let's remember, too, that the church, there's congregations broken up into congregations all over the world, but the church can find itself if it does right, being made to sit together, unity, in heavenly places. And in that heavenly place is exactly where the devil wants to come and create war. Right there. He wants to bust that up. He don't want there to be peace. He does not want there to be harmony. He does not want there to be a unity. He does not want people to be of the same mind and the same spirit, the same godly attitude. He does not want peacemakers. Now, I'm going to tell you... <laughs> I um, walked on the job here uh, Friday, I guess it was, and uh, boy, it must have been my day to get training as a peacemaker because I had a contractor out there that um, he didn't come for peace. He came for war, and he wasn't happy about some things, and uh, of course, he, you know, was pretty stubborn in his ways, and, uh, and I, we have our men, and we had one man went in the prayer closet. He just went to the prayer closet. He worked there, and he stayed there and prayed. Thank God for that. Right, Brother Chuck? <laughs> and, then we have, and, then, and then we have the guy that, that did not want to give an inch because he said, I don't like it when people mistreat people, especially God's people. And that would be Pastor Hopper. And, um, but he said, I want you to know, Senior Pastor, he said, I didn't say anything just because of you. And I said, and God. He said, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> But he was not happy. 
But uh, <clears throat> I had to be the peacemaker. And uh, the Lord blessed me to, to be the peacemaker. Settled the dispute. We got on with business. And we had a pretty decent day. Okay? So, you know, some people are just all about money. That's the problem. And uh, they're all about getting it. We're all about trying to make a stretch. <laughs> and, boy, we're stretched, let me tell you. So, anyway, you might want to think of that when it comes to offering time. All right. We love and appreciate you and everything you do. And I pray you won't back up, but that you'll go forward. Okay? So, <clears throat> never diminish. Always better to increase. Okay? So, the enemy, though, he directed his telescope here, his, his uh, scope on the gun, and he went to make war with the saints. He wasn't with the church, with the uh, remnant of her seed, with the, those that keep the commandments of God. The enemy has his target, and his target is the church. He's got everybody else. It's those people that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and who are walking in the Spirit and who are producing the fruit of the Spirit. They have the peace of God, and he's after them. And we're not crying. We're not playing a little woe is me fiddle here. But I'm just telling you the truth. He's got everybody else. He's got them in sin. He's got them confused. He's got them deceived by all kinds of different things, whether it be religion or otherwise. He's got them deceived, and he's got them blinded. He's blinded their, their eyes, and they're not seeing this truth, okay? That's what you and I are about. We're trying to help them to see the truth, just like you once didn't see the truth. You were not always baptized in Jesus' name, and you were not always filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And some of you here today still need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the enemy is at war right in your mind, okay? He's in war the whole world and everything, but he deals with the mind, okay? The Bible uh, tells you about how Jesus in the days of his flesh, how he was tempted, the tempter came to him, and uh, in one place it said it took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. Another place uh, in the next temptation took him up to the top of the mountain. Uh, there are many that believe that, that that all took place in the mind, that it was not an, an actual geographical thing and going trudging up a mountain, but that it actually took place in the mind. And that's easy to believe because we find that's where the battle is at, that your mind being your heart. Okay, your biblical heart, and where your your thoughts are, and your intellect is, and your and where your emotions are. You know, they're all in there, and the battle and the struggle, and and uh, so what I'm saying to you is, you want to remember that there's a battle going on in your heart over your life, your life being your soul, and and the enemy is making war, and he wants to get you on some crazy war path. He wants to get you. Uh, madder than a, a wet hen. He wants to get you all upset. And whether you're in the church or not in the church, he wants to get you upset. If you're not in the church, well, that's probably pretty easy for him to accomplish. But if you're in the church, then it's a little bit more of a difficulty, but he's going to come out to try to find fault. He's going to try to get you to find something wrong. We knew of a woman one time, and she, she came back to church, but she quit for a while because she said that uh, she left the service that night and nobody shook her hand. Nobody shook her hand. You know? Or somebody asked her, said, well, a little question here. And she said, yeah, what? And they said, well, said, did you shake anybody's hand? Well, well, no. All of a sudden, the tears were gone. Well, no. You know, you know if you want friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. You know? 
And if you're looking for a fault, if there's not one, I'm quite sure the devil will supply you with one. You know, and and he's real good about helping you to get the imagination going and imagine something and to make something up. If you're going to make it to heaven, you're gonna to have to get a lot tougher than that. <laughs> you know, we've often said if you want to stay, you're gonna to have to pray. You know, and if you plan to make it, well then you got to learn to take it. And if you want to last, then you've got to learn to fast. Okay? So this isn't for wimps, okay? Real men and women live for God. You become a, a man among men and a woman among women. You become the sons and the daughters of God, and you have his commandments, and you have his testimony, and you keep it. You guard it. You protect it. Now, we don't protect and guard with fists or guns or any natural weapon. The weapons of our warfare, the Scripture said, are mighty through the Spirit. And they pull down the enemy's stronghold, okay? And part of it is you and I getting a hold of imaginations and casting them down, okay? And anything that it would exalt itself against the knowledge or the commandments and the testimony and the teachings of Jesus Christ. We cast that down. We're not going to entertain that. I think I told you once before, but it might bear repeating about the woman that went to uh, south of the border, uh, her and her husband, and she looked at this little thing on the ground and she said, oh, look at the little doggy. Poor little doggy, he, he's thirsty. And he's, he's lonely. Let's take him home. And so she wrapped the little doggy up, petted it, kissed on it, got on the plane and took it home. She got home and she said, you know, the doggy seems sick. Let's take the doggy to the vet. So they took the dog to the vet. The only problem was the vet said, I got news for you. What? It's not a dog. It's a rat. You know, oftentimes people do not like for the preacher to call it what it is. They don't like, for the, and the devil don't like it. Oh, he don't like to get pulled out of the shadows. He don't want you to put your finger on it and say, ha, I know what that is. He don't, he don't like that. He wants to operate in the darkness. And the Bible said that that's where people like to operate because they love sin. You know, they don't like the light because that's where it brings things to light. They want to they wanna be in the darkness because their deeds are evil, sinful. Their deeds are evil. Their thoughts, what they're about, what they're doing. Well, I'm not trying to get off subject here, but I'm trying to tell you that the enemy uses many, many things to make war. He is making war against the people that have the truth, making war against people that are coming to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? Everybody said, praise the Lord. So you might want to begin to notice where the war is coming from. It's not coming from God. Bad thoughts aren't coming from God. Bad attitudes not coming from the Spirit. Okay? Fighting and fussing and quarreling and jealousies and pride and fault finding not coming from the Holy Ghost. Not coming from Jesus Christ. Not at all. Okay, Revelation 13 and 7 on your study sheet. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. You might as well read to make war with the people that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost who are keeping the commandments, the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
make war. This is teaching you about that spirit of Antichrist and how he's going to work, okay? How he's going to work in the earth. How he's going to work through the beast. The beast is a system. He's going to work through that, okay? Okay, the clock is telling me I better move on. All right, so it was given unto him the beast to make war with the saints. So please, don't get it in your mind that the church is just going to skip on out of here and, you know, then all this stuff is going to happen. That's nonsense. It tells you he's making war with the saints. The beast is doing that, okay? So you might want to get it clear when your Bible is teaching you something and it goes against your fleshly grain. It goes against your personal beliefs. You've got to get your flesh in subjection and you've got to get your beliefs in alignment with the Scripture. You don't want to get hung up by tradition and pride. Okay? You want what Jesus is telling you here, Romans 14 and 17, for the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace in the Holy Ghost. He said, my peace, I give it to you. I'm giving you this. I'm not charging you. This isn't about uh, money or you handing over a deed or something like that. No, 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 no. He said, I'm telling you, I'm giving this to you. I have come to give you peace. And he's telling you that as you become a part of the church through the born-again experience, through being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, that's what puts you in the church, the body of Christ. And he's telling you, you do that, then you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians, and one of the fruit, part of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. And he's telling you, blessed are happy and to be envied are the peacemakers. Did I mention when I got the, the contractor finally to cooperate and work a little bit and not grouse around and complain, and I told him, you know, we might as well forget the things that are behind and we might as well move forward here today and get on with business and it's not going to do any good to have war here. Let's get some peace going and let's go in the right direction. Well, I no sooner left there and had to deal with two or three more cases of the same thing. You know, just um, somebody got kind of in, in the war mode. That old spirit of the enemy, you know, sometimes... You just have to look at somebody and say, now you know you did that because a spirit came along. And you just might as well go and admit it because that attitude is not of God. And that spirit brings that bad attitude, brings that warlike attitude. And you don't want to make peace. You don't want to settle the dispute. You just want to keep arguing about it, keep stirring up about it. Okay? So it's important that we become peacemakers. Happy and to be envied. That's what blessed means. Happy and to be envied are the peacemakers. Can we find that peace? That peace that the Bible said passeth all understanding. Jesus said, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you through giving you the Holy Ghost. And by you being baptized in Jesus' name, all your sins are going to be buried and they're going to be washed away and sent away and remembered no more. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. That's why he's called the God of peace, you know. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace. Because he wants to give you this peace and he wants to teach you, give you the ability through his spirit to become a peacemaker. 
And then you can be called a child of God. A lot of people call themselves a child of God, you know. And they're cussing, and they're lying, and they're cheating, and they're doing drugs, and a whole catalog of other sins. But at the same time, they want to claim that they're a child of God. So we want to work with what the Bible teaches would cause you to be called a child of God. Okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right, let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. I didn't come to find fault. I didn't come to start war. And you might want to remember that Jesus is all about peace. Keep that in your mind. Let's take a moment and lift our hearts with our hands and let us pray together, shall we? Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and the peace of God that rules in our hearts, and we want it to rule in our hearts. We thank you for every time you calm the troubled seas. Every time, dear Jesus, that you bring peace into our lives and help us to bring peace into other lives. Help us to bring peace to situations. Help us to calm things down. In the great and wonderful and glorious name of Jesus. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. Let's magnify him right now. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah, we worship you, who you are. We worship you, hallelujah.